It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program, and my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful co-host of this fine program, thoughtfully seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, who should be your attorney, and his name is our Dallas expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine today. Thank you. How are you doing? I hope well. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Excellent. Good. Um, today, we want to talk about um, a very simple topic, which there's no such thing when it comes to estate planning you have taught me over the years, and that is probating a will, and especially a copy of a will, or a will, you haven't brought this up yet, but there's a will on a napkin matter. There's a will in a text or a draft of an email count, those kinds of things that confuse me. And I know every judge is different and every situation is different. Every word and comma matter. I'm not an attorney, but I've learned this from many attorneys around me. I've got four of my five best friends who are attorneys. You're an attorney and you're a very good friend. So I learn from you guys and you teach me a lot. I don't pretend to play an attorney though, but I understand it can be very complicated and sometimes dangerous. Yeah, and by the way, some of my best friends are attorneys as well. Okay, good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, last week we talked about ethical wills. I'm not sure. Well, on some okay, of those yeah, people. good point. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, just because you have a will doesn't mean it's valid. Uh-huh. And it's also more difficult to probate a will if you don't have the original will. Okay. Now, you, you brought up several different things that I feel like addressing. Okay. Um, of course, we have not discussed these things prior to the show. No, sir. But, okay, can you have what's called a holographic will was one of your questions, which is a handwritten will. Okay. The answer is yes. But I will tell you, you got to be careful. It's got to be under the right circumstances. Because, uh, So I remember I had a client who came in. She said, I wrote the will for my husband, and I had him sign it. Well, it has to be wholly in the handwriting of the person whose will it is. Mm-hmm. You can't write a will for somebody else and say, just sign here. Right. Okay. And, and and it has to and there's also could be lots of different complications if you don't have the proper language in the will. So like in Texas we want to say it's independent the executor is independent of court supervision. Or you may want to have a self proving affidavit that says that the witnesses signed this in your presence in the presence of each other, that they were each over the age of eighteen. Uh, no, excuse me, that the testator or testatrix, the one who signs the will, was uh, 18 or over, and that the witnesses were at least 14, and they were sound disposing mind and memory. But just even even if you have that, sometimes uh, there could be undue influence or 
duress or lack of capacity, lots of different issues for a will to be not be valid. I had somebody in my office this week, and his accountant was telling me he didn't have, well, he didn't have any surviving children, and his wife had just died. Mm. Uh, the the Not the accountant, but the client. And the accountant was telling me all the different things that the person that was going to be signing the will wanted. I said, well, I need to talk to that person. And by the way, it was a lot different <laughs> uh, than what the accountant had told me. And that would be a situation where there could be considered undue influence uh, if, you know, somebody, especially if somebody was in the room. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if they said, what do you think I should say, son? Oh, everything to me, mom. You know, and or just the presence alone, the person yeah. just staring at right, them. You right, never right. Never know they could be intimidated. Right, right, right. And so, uh, in the case of this other person, one of the beneficiaries took the person to the office. I said, "Can you please step out of the office?" Good for you. You know, so that would be a question of undue influence. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and and just because you're named as an executor doesn't mean you're even qualified to serve as an executor. There's certain qualifications. In other words, and, and first of all, just not having the will. You have to admit the will to probate. In other words, the court has to say that the will is good. And it's even more difficult when you have a photocopy, as you mentioned, because there's other procedures that you have to do. Mm. Uh, and I of think course, you also said, too, when it came to holographic wills also, that didn't you say they should change pens or there should be different signers? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the person should write it all in his, own, his or her own okay. handwriting. Uh, but the witnesses, maybe? Well, interestingly enough, in Texas... Unlike other states, you may not even need to have witnesses on a holographic will. Is that right? Wow. During the pandemic, there were more people who did holographic wills because they did not have access to people, and you're supposed to sign things in the presence and the press. Now, there, the, the governor uh, passed some laws to make it easier uh, to have a will signed, mm-hmm. um, and so there were electronic Good. thing ways. And but bottom line is. Uh, uh, there are certain requirements, and the estates code that governs wills here in Texas uh, has all these different rules. So there's a will. Well, my if in my family, my wife wants to be named in it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, a, a will will say what you want, and uh, hopefully, now some. But the problem is you have to go through the procedures of the law to make it valid. So what are some of those procedures? Uh, first, you have to apply for probate. So nowadays, you sit, do an application, say, hey, we're applying to see that this will is good. You first send it electronically, I might add, and then you send the original will to the court. By the way, you don't get the original will back. I had a question just yesterday. Hmm. When am I, I probated my will. When am I getting dad's will back? Well, the court keeps the original will. Um, so you until s- you pass, and then no, can no. See this is after you pass. This okay. is after you pass. Oh, wow. There is a place that you could put in the probate in the records, mm-hmm. probate records, where if you have it died, that you could have it stored, and then you pay a fee to get it. But most people don't do that. Okay. Now it's interesting to note. I had somebody else this week that there was a uh, that the son and daughters didn't get along, and I said, hey, uh, he said, you know, dad died. And I think I'm a beneficiary, but my sisters won't let me have a copy of the will. Or even they won't probate the will. They think I had undue influence. Hmm. 
So it may go into litigation. I said, well, you know, they were supposed to put the will of public record, even if they didn't probate, within a certain period of time. So you may get—now, I'm a lover, not a fighter, so mm-hmm. I'm not a litigator, but I said you may want to consider that. Uh, so, But generally, you don't have to file a will until after you die. Okay. But then it's a matter of public record. And if it's—now, some people don't want that. Uh, they want privacy. That's where you get into a trust. Or, as we talked about on a prior show, that some courts are more uh, demanding than other courts Mm -hmm. as to what their requirements may be, even though it's the laws. So there might be, for example, in Dallas County, there are three probate courts, and the requirements of each court may be a little bit different and, and what they feel like is important. Well, anyway, you apply for probate, and then you you know put the original will. You send the original will to the court. In Texas, you should give a copy to all the beneficiaries. Now, that can be done after the will is probated or before. And you could waive. You could do a sign a waiver. Um, then you might have a well. Let me just say this: if you have a copy of a will, you have to. Uh, have whoever the beneficiaries are uh, maybe say that, hey, I would have been the heir or I am the beneficiary or both could be different. And is it partial intestacy or testacy and things like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to say, you know, if you want somebody to be in charge, not only uh, you have to be served with what's called citation. Notice personally, unlike with a, if you didn't, if you had an original will and you filed with the court, there's a citation. It's basically posted at the courthouse, and you have a time frame before you could have a hearing. Um, the hearing, uh, by the way, could vary uh, again by court. Uh, it could be in person or by Zoom, depending on the court. Some courts want you to be in person. Some courts allow you to be in Zoom by Zoom. Some people, some courts say, well, if you're within 150 miles, you have to be in person. Uh, if you're not, you have. Uh, if, uh, otherwise, we could let you do it by Zoom. We we probated a will in Corpus Christi a couple months ago. We didn't go to Corpus Christi. We would have never probated a will in another part of the state prior to the pandemic, but mm-hmm. now with Zoom as an option uh, in certain situations, depending on the county, then. We could do that from the comforts of the office. Right. Yeah. So that's an advantage. Now, a lot of courts don't like that Mm -hmm. because it slows down the process. Uh, A lot of times if you do it by Zoom, somebody didn't show up. If you're in person, you have this, you get this preference. Uh, You can get things done quicker because after you get the order signed, so after you have the proof, uh, so there's what they call a proof of death and other facts. So there's testimony. Okay, was this the last will and testament? Uh, did they revoke all prior wills? Was this the you know was this were they a resident of this uh, county at the time of their death? Uh, are you qualified to serve as an executor? You haven't been adjudicated as incompetent. Uh, you haven't committed a felony or a crime of moral turpitude. Uh, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a need for administration to pay bills, etc.? cetera? Uh, so there are certain questions that you have to ask. And then after you prevent, and the, the person who signs, generally the executor, 
uh, would then uh, you know, sign this, and then the uh, court would sign an order admitting the will. Now, there's two different ways, I guess, to probate a will in Texas, I should mention. Uh, one is where you get the traditional way, where you get letters testamentary. So you sign an oath that says, yeah, I'm going to fulfill the duties. And then um, after, then the um, uh, you uh, get what's called letters testamentary if you're the executor of the will. Now, if it's not if you had a copy of a will, you would not be named as the executor. You would be called what's called the administrator. Hmm. So if people, uh, in, in the case that we have right, a case that we have right now, um, it's interesting. Uh, the uh, husband died. Two years later, the wife died. We probated the will of wife, but the clients did not know that there were certain assets still in husband's name. Children didn't know. And then they couldn't find the original will. Well, okay, so we have to apply to probate a copy of the will. And then when you have a copy of the will, there are additional requirements. Uh, So now we have to have personal citation on the potential beneficiaries or heirs at law. Or they could waive that service. And if they want an executor, or in this case an administrator, since they have only a copy of the will, the beneficiaries or heirs would have to agree to appoint one person or more. Now, it depends on the situation. That's if there's individuals. In this case, there was the individual that was a beneficiary is now deceased. Hmm. It was the spouse. So now it's whoever the executors are, uh, the personal representatives of the estate would sign to say, you know, what's required by law, that they this is what they want, they waive service, whatever. If it was a trust, then you have to see who the beneficiaries are. Uh, if it's, you know, so there's all these different rules depending upon what the facts are. By the way, what does that mean in English, too? <laughs> Some people say, I'd prefer to have a trust, so I don't have to go through all these rules. Exactly. And especially if the courts interpret it differently, because you never know who's going to be elected as a judge, and it could be different. So uh, I'll tell the story. One of the things that I'll never forget is um, usually there's never a problem with doing an inventory. Uh, Under the laws, after you get the order, the executor is supposed to gather up all the assets, pay off all the debts, and if you do it in the traditional way, that is where you get letters testamentary, Uh, then you do an inventory, which is another reason why some people don't want to do a will because it's a matter of public record, and that's why they do a trust. Uh, Trust is more work up front, and I'm not trying to tell you to do a will or a trust. I'm just saying that this is why some people prefer a trust, and that is they don't want their will to be a matter of public record, or they may not want to have people see what their assets are, and so they would prefer a trust which is private. And avoids probate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the in, uh, What I was going to say is when you do an inventory, the law is that you have to be detailed. And remember I said that different courts approach things differently. So what is detailed? So I'll never forget a lesson to be learned <laughs> on one particular court. So we said, okay, the client had a Vanguard fund. We said, we have Vanguard whatever type of fund. 
then this is the address of Vanguard. And within the Vanguard fund, there's this amount of shares of this particular fund. Uh, it, it has this value, and this particular, this amount of shares, and this value, and this amount of shares, and this, and each one with the total. Uh, it's a community property or separate property, uh, and the address of the company, and what the total value is. Okay, is that considered detail? If you are in a particular court, the answer is no. Uh, they say you have to have a ticker symbol. Hmm. Okay, is that Let's think about this for a second. We have a poor widow, and the question is: the law is that detailed enough? And so you're going to court. You're going to hold up paying the widow or the beneficiaries because of a ticker symbol. In my mind, that's going overboard. And and and, and quite frankly, in all other courts in the area, that is going overboard. Mm-hmm. But this is where we say, uh, well, if you don't want to go by the whoever's going to be elected then maybe you should go with a trust. Now, again, I am not trying to tell people to go with a trust, and it obviously depends on the situation. There's lots of different types of trust. But it just it just seems so uh, strange that uh, they think whatever they're – it's just like on anything. What is your definition? What is your definition of detailed? And uh, one court might say one thing and another might say another, and it mm-hmm. just depends on who the judge is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to have to worry about who the judge is, then maybe a trust is an answer in, right. in this particular case. So um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, inventory. Now, sometimes you just have – you don't have to have an inventory if you just want things to say the wills way – the way you say the will says is the way it goes. You could probate is what's called as a muniment of title if you have no debts. Mm-hmm. So let's say that the um, there's a husband-wife and it's a second marriage and the husband died and had children from a prior relationship. If I don't probate that will and let's say they had a home – if I don't probate the will, the widow is going to be partners with his children, the deceased children. Even if the will said everything goes to the wife, if he didn't probate it, wouldn't didn't it, it didn't happen. Right. And so then it goes by laws of intestacy as if you had no will. So you would want to probate the will so that that house is all in the name of the wife because then you have the court order, and typically when you have that court order, you uh, record that order along with the will in the deed records of the county where the property is located. A lot of widows, in, in fact, actually, even the appraisal district, uh, when you go, when, you know, let's say somebody had a, a surviving spouse um, and there was a home, uh, the surviving spouse calls the appraisal district or the clerk's office and says, hey, husband died, just put the property in my name from now on. They probably will do that. They will assume that because if you have children in the same marriage, that would occur uh, eventually uh, under laws of intestacy. But a title company doesn't go by what the county clerk says or appraisal district says. They're going to look at the actual records because if they're going to issue good title, they have to be worried about those children from the prior relationship. So uh, they are going to uh, check that out before they give a title policy. So so, uh, don't go by what the clerks say as far as legal advice. Mm, That's excellent advice. Um, As usual, coming from Michael Cohen, every program he provides it provides you with that kind of advice that you need to make the right decisions regarding your estate plan or government assistance to further that to advance your decisions to advance your causes we need you to attend your his next workshop 
and that is on Thursday, May the 11th at 10 o'clock. And Michael, those are, in my mind, terribly valuable workshops where people get to ask questions about their circumstances and you answer them as knowledgeably and currently as you possibly can. Yeah, we ask people what they want to know and uh, we write down those questions. Of course, there'll be questions throughout as well. Uh, and we do have a presentation on general questions about estate planning and wills and trust and probate and powers of attorney and uh, could be about Medicaid, about uh, usually a lot of people want to know about saving assets for their loved ones, how to get the government to help pay for care. It could be any number of things. Uh, we never know what questions that people are going to ask. So we, so each one of these workshops, which we've been doing for over 10 years, uh, we say, what do you want to know? And we write down those questions and we answer them and every workshop is different. Uh, to attend the free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, all you have to do is either call 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or sign up online at Dallas elderlawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, it's held over at our office building in a conference center behind, uh, just across the street from Medical City Hospital, which is uh, Medical City Hospitals at uh, Forest Lane near 75 uh, Central Expressway. Uh, and we would, of course, give you directions if needed. But the bottom line is if you do also go to the free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, with, which is without cost, we also give you a free one-hour vision meeting where we go over your individual situation uh, in more detail if you would like. And it's no cost, uh, no obligation. Basically, it's three free hours of free estate planning or Medicaid, or whatever your questions, whatever your questions may be, uh, without obligation and without charge. Um, again, how to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop? All you have to do is call two one four seven two zero zero one zero two. That's two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. And I guess I would be remiss. Uh, if I did not mention the free KUAAM coffee mug. You would be. Yeah, I would be remiss. I would be. and uh, But, you know, for all you coffee lovers up there, out there, and there's so many of you, the KAAM gives you a free coffee mug. So let me ask you a question. If people just wanted to come to your offices <laughs> and get the mug and leave, would you allow that? If they came in for a meeting, okay. uh, then they... But, but if they just came to the workshop to pick up a mug and didn't stay for the workshop, would you let them have oh, a mug? Oh, of course I would. Okay. Good. So, uh, I mean, if they're that good, maybe people will just come. Yeah, they might. They, they could. Uh, you know, uh, this these workshop, these coffee dugs uh, are, you know, I imagine. Oh, stop it. Mrs. Folgers <laughs> and Starbucks would say. Turning in their graves. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> they're all clamoring for it. They're all, so. Mother's Day, here we come. Yes. Coffee mugs from KWM. That um, erroneous propaganda notwithstanding, the true reason is to attend Michael's workshop is to learn about estate planning and government assistance. So do that. Sign up for the next one on May the 11th, which is a Thursday at 10 o'clock. Dial 214-720-0102-214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. About three minutes left. Why would someone not do a trust? Oh, well, there could be various reasons. 
Um, so, for example, um, well, first of all, it's less expensive to do a will. Okay. Uh, the a will uh, is generally cheaper, mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately, there's the cost of probate yeah. if you need to transfer assets. Mm-hmm. So it's and some, probate's unavoidable because they have to verify everything. Correct. Yeah. I mean, okay. so sometimes. Well, I mean, sometimes you don't. Even if you have a will, you don't have to probate a will, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the, your bank accounts and oh. beneficiary designations okay. and things like that. But sometimes you may want a will because bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And you might even say, if I don't have any assets now, oh, I don't need a will. Well, maybe you might get some. Let's say you got in a personal injury accident. There you go. Or you had, or you inherited some assets. So there's lots of you reasons. Won the lottery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, it could be any number of mm-hmm. things. And so. You should. Everybody should at least have, consider a will. Something, right? Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, sometimes, like for example, in public benefits world, let's say you have a spouse, and you and who was disabled, and you didn't want to have them jeopardize Medicaid. Uh, if you have a special needs trust, a certain type of trust, a disability trust within your will, instead of it going to them directly, it goes in a trust that won't count for Medicaid. Hmm. And there's no transfer penalty. Which they, normally, if you make any gifts within a five-year look-back period, then the government is, says it's a disqualifying event. But in Texas, if you transfer to a spouse, there, it's not a disqualifying event. So if you had a will for your spouse, instead of it say go to them outright, which would have jeopardized the public benefit, it goes to them in a trust that doesn't count for Medicaid, then um, that would be an example because under uh, if I had that language in a trust, it doesn't work under the Medicaid rules. Mm-hmm. So I can't have a special needs trust for a spouse in a trust. So now I'm doing what I should, since you mentioned this, uh, or since we started going into it, I'm having somebody with a combination, with a trust that say if spouse dies, you can't, it, this, if this one spouse, who I think is more likely to die, uh, is going to die, you have to take the other assets out of the trust and go by probate so it could go into another trust for the spouse. Fascinating. So, yeah. So, the, so sometimes it's a combination of things. Uh, and so sometimes it's better to have a will. Sometimes it's better to have a trust. In the cases where you have people say, I don't want to have to deal with the court system. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I want to avoid probate. If I have property out of state, if I have an ongoing business, a lot of times it is better to have a trust. But it's not. It's not a. So we look to see if it's harder to contest because uh, you don't have to go wait and have opportunities. It's not to say somebody couldn't contest, mm-hmm. but there's lots of reasons for having a trust, and sometimes there's reasons for having a will. Uh, and it really just depends on your factual situation. And you've always said that. You said that from the beginning. It depends on your circumstances. You never know if you need a will, a trust, both, none. And that's why you need to attend Michael's next workshop on Thursday, May the 11th at 10 o'clock to find out for sure, to ascertain exactly what you need and what Michael recommends. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, to sign up for that next Estate Planning Essentials Workshop. Michael Cohen, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. 
The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.